Mr. Pop. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to pair Jamar Chase and Jerry Rice as your two wide receivers in fantasy football? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start Barry Sanders and Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy football lineup? Then this is the place for you. Encore Fantasy, the only place where the fantasy stars of today face off against the legends of yesterday. There are a lot of fantasy games out there that do simulations. Encore Fantasy is taking actual games from these players' past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. You're actually getting a Fred Bolitnikoff game, not what Fred Bolitnikoff might have done at some point. Whether you are new to fantasy football or a better know game, we have something for you. This is the Encore Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Encore Fantasy Games. I'm your host, Ben Secker, done by your host, Michael Michel. And we are recapping Encore Fantasy Weekend yeah. Game. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're all obviously excited for the NFL to come back, just in general, because it's the NFL. Uh, and then also have a chance to run Encore Fantasy Football and just see that that historical, active dynamic finally in action. I don't know about you, Ben, but it's pretty wild to see our original idea actually come to fruition. As we talked about last week, we did not have to do this version by hand. All done automatically through the magic of coding. What a world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be the first one to say I'm thankful for that when you go back to the old days. And, Correct. And for those of you who want the backstory, I encourage you to listen to our first podcast episode where we talk about it a little bit more. But go back to the backstory of using basically an abacus and a rock with some ash chalk. The- the modern version of an abacus and yeah. etching and stone. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, basically what it was. So it's very nice to have these things automated. You now get to enjoy all of our wonderful automations that bring you historical fantasy players greatness and play alongside the current players. And man, it was a it was a pretty interesting week. We're going to get into some of the top performers from last week. We're going to talk about our legendary performance. Uh, we had so we- much this week. So many crazy performances, both so- active and historical. It was it was quite a combination. Yeah, it was quite a combination, but we did have one clear winner that we'll talk about once we get into the olds v. Youngs, because who doesn't like a good generational battle there? So we'll talk about that. We'll look and see if there's any trends that have started to emerge. It's week one, so you don't really know yet, but we'll give that some time and see what goes on there. And we're going to talk about some guys we like in the week to come up. Top performers. So we definitely had a lot of a lot of guys that you would know and you would think would be top performers on the current side. Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup blew the doors off the place. Three of the top scorers that were out there. Justin Herbert, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor. These were all, except for Josh Allen, although depending on what league you're in, it could have been. But these are these guys are all consensus first round picks generally in a in a PPR league, which is what we run at Encore Fantasy Football. So they all performed up to where you would imagine they would, considering where you draft them, or at least where you hope they would perform based on where you drafted them. Exactly, exactly. So we won't spend too much time on those guys, but needless to say, they they would have won it for you. Uh, one guy that, and, and and all of those guys were picked by one of our entrants, one way or the other. So they did have a, a space in the pool. Not everybody got picked, which left certainly one notable guy who didn't get picked by anybody off the list, and that was Patrick Mahomes. Nobody picked Patrick Mahomes to be their quarterback. That's crazy to me it the is quarterback crazy now granted as we talked about last week the way the game functions is you have a budget of projected points that you can use and obviously you'll allocate them as you see fit if we look at the active quarterbacks who were chosen this week they included luminaries like mac jones and baker mayfield and then also russell joe burrow jalen hurts <laughs> lamar jackson justin herbert and josh allen many of those were pretty solid picks but it is a little surprising to see no Patrick Mahomes on that list. And then the 
legendary quarterbacks we saw this week were Peyton Manning, who we'll talk about, John Elway, and Dan Marino, who we will also talk about. The Mac Jones one's interesting. I mean, he was projected at 15 points, 15.2 points or something like that. So somebody definitely added him in as a sort of value play, I guess. But 15 points? Maybe they went super heavy on like their running backs and wide receivers and they needed to just fill some space. And they were like, what the heck, Mac Jones, 15 points. I mean, you could have picked, you could, yeah, you could have picked John Elway at 14.5 and gotten 23 fantasy points out of it. I mean, so you just gotta, you gotta go out there and mine that thing. Baker Mayfield even had more points than that. So it's an interesting one. We wasn't the worst quarterback in the pool. He wasn't no, the funnily, worst. Fun, yeah, funnily enough, where we could trash Mac Jones, but legendary quarterback Dan Marino did worse than him this week. So, and who picked him in our, in our pool there? I mean, it's really hard. To, I did. I picked yeah, him. Yeah. That, that's not that hard to, to figure that one out. <laughs> what day was that? November, November 20th. Yeah. 1988. Let's look at that for a second. Cause this is a good example of like the role of the dice in encore fantasy football. That's really fun to look at. Um, 7.36 kind of fantasy points was all he kicked, kicked in. That's not what you hope for. It's not. And considering that game was Miami hosting New England, not even in New England in late November in 1988, New England won six to three. Okay. <laughs> so let's all just thank whatever we believe in that we weren't watching that game one. But this is the classic Encore Fantasy roll of the dice. If you just happen to get Dan Reno's performance on November 27th, 1988, a week later against obviously the Jets, he went 17 for 35 for 353 yards and five touchdowns. Oh. So oh. we're talking, oh, you just missed out yeah, on, a, on the on the game that you really wanted from Dan Marino or what you would imagine from Dan Marino. That's a tough way for the roulette wheel to stop for you right there, man. Went from double zeros to even red when you bet odd black. That's that's brutal. tough. Just that's brutal. Tough. But hey, that's part of the fun. I can't complain too much because I picked Dan Marino, but I also picked Cooper Cup, who was one of the top scoring players this week. So I was trying to eke out as many points as I could. Obviously, that's the name of the game. And sometimes the roulette wheel doesn't come up for you, which is why I never play roulette. <laughs> I do like to play roulette. In fact, I played a little bit this weekend and I lost all my money. So that tells you how good I am. At, so. <laughs> There okay, you, you can't be good at roulette, then. <laughs> That's what they want you to think at the casino when they put all the numbers up on that electronic board. They make you think, oh, I'm good at guessing numbers. But please don't fall victim to that. I know you're smarter than that. Look, real talk, it's really easy. If it's been red <laughs> 10 times in a row, it's going to be black on the next fun. Obviously, that's the way it works. That's why Science! I science and math. There it is. That's why this is not the Encore Mathematics Fantasy Podcast. That's right. That's right. So Dan Marino checks in as one of our top busts. He was the worst quarterback picked. Congratulations, Mish. You got in on that action and it was not ideal. Another guy you would expect to get a little bit more from, Marshall Falk. Yeah, our co-founder, Willie, was a big Rams fan when they were in St. Louis, since he's from St. Louis. I think he's disowned them since, but he is a big Marshall Falk fan. And Marshall Falk had obviously a great career, big pass catcher before running backs were huge pass catchers. And this week he managed just 7.5 points. He had four catches for 16 yards and he had 19 yards rushing. So that game was back from December 20th, 1998 which should have been a better game for him. Maybe he was a Colt then. He was a Colt and he was on a team that went three and 13 and he only scored 10 touchdowns the whole year, six rushing, four receiving. And that game 
was at Seattle. Not a good game. The team lost 27-23 and Marshall Falk was not a factor. He was moved to the Rams the very next season. And that's the season where he scored 12 touchdowns. But it was 2000-2001 that went full greatest show on turf. He won the MVP in 2000. He scored 26 touchdowns and 21 the year after that. I'm sorry. You said Seattle and I blacked out in rage and anger and sadness because of what happened last night to my Broncos. So really didn't hear any of the rest of that, but I hope everybody else did and that they loved every second of it. That'll be the last time we speak about Seahawks, except for one of our top performers that we do have to touch on. And if you are a Seahawks fan, here's a throwback golden oldie for you. Mr. Steve Largent. Yeah. Hall of Fame receiver and future former member of Congress, Steve Largent. Yeah. Former congressman Steve Largent. That is accurate. Yes. November 25th, 1984. Steve Largent comes in with 37.5 points. Crazy game. And you're going to hate this. It was against the Broncos. Why wouldn't it be? I know. In a 27-24 win, Steve Largent had 12 catches for 191 yards. And a touchdown. He also had one rush for four yards, one of his two rushes on the season. 74 catches that year. About one-sixth of them came in this one game. That is a crazy game. That's one of those things where you pick a guy like Steve Large in a Hall of Famer, one of the best receivers of all time. Again, played in an era where passing was not nearly as ubiquitous as it is now, and yet you can still get a game that we could see today. And we did see. That's a reason to pick Steve Largent right there. On that note, in that lineup, my older sister somehow managed to pick both John Elway and Steve Largent. So got the 23.3 points from John Elway, the 37.5 points from Largent. And that's probably the only time you're ever going to see Elway and Largent in the same lineup. And then she picked someone named Dan Arnold at tight end. And I don't even know who that is. You know who Dan Arnold was. I'm sure I traded him to you selling you on his upside as a fantasy keeper two years ago. Probably, but I didn't even keep him. So clearly a good decision. It's clearly a good decision. So Steve Largent checks in with a pretty darn good one. In the Encore Fantasy Football this week, third best performer was Steve Largent, which is pretty great. It's fun to see. The top five performers in Encore Fantasy Football this week were Peyton Manning, number one, Justin Jefferson, number two, Steve Largent, number three, Josh Allen, number four, and running back Larry Johnson, number five. So of the top five, three were legends, two were active players. Ben, you are feeling pretty good about yourself because you picked Larry Johnson. You drafted him for your team this week, which was smart. Yeah, LJ is an interesting one. His career wasn't as long as some of the others, but he had so much production in there that he felt like one of those value plays. His projection is going to be high because it's a lot of production cramming in one spot. But when he was good, he was very, very good. Right. So he's one of those guys. If you look at his career, he played eight years. He played 85 games. He was injured a lot of the time. He scored 61 touchdowns in his 85 games. So that is one of those things we talked about last week. One metric you can use for these legendary players, like the likelihood you're going to get a touchdown from one of them. Larry Johnson is one of those guys. Granted, most of those are packed into his 2005, 2006 seasons with Kansas City, where he scored 20 and 17 touchdowns. What's well, interesting to keep in mind with a guy like that first rookie season, he only played six games. So he didn't play in that many games. So there is some risk that you get one of those games. And then on the back end in his last two seasons, he only played two in one game. So you're talking about right. nine total games that are a danger to, to throw up a goose egg. A little bit in his third to last season where he had 14 games that he played in, only had 600 total yards and no touchdowns. No touchdowns. So you've got some risk there. But in between his rookie season and that age 30 season, he had five years where his per game stats were phenomenal. He just, he was doing everything. He was catching the balls. He was scoring touchdowns. He was carrying the block for a lot of yards. So it made it a pretty good value proposition there. And it paid off. It paid off. That's what the game is. No player has no stinkers in their game log. 
you're just trying to reduce the chances that you get one of those stinkers. So I picked Dan Marino. Dan Marino for a long time held the record for touchdown passes. That's the Dan Marino that I was going for, <laughs> not the lose at home six to three to the New England Patriots, Dan Marino. But hey, that's the name of the game. That's why I didn't win this week. One of many reasons. But Larry Johnson's a great pick because of that, because his his bright period, his strong period is so bright that if you happen to get one of those games, you're looking at between 25 and 35 points somewhere in there, but you could also get three points. So that's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Another current guy that was a value pick at 15 points projected at the wide receivers line, and that was Michael Pittman. Pittman's been a pretty big darling of the preseason of this year. Everybody expecting he was going to gel with Matt Ryan and, and really take off this year just because of how talented he was. He's had injuries in the past. And I mean, sure enough, week one, he checks in nine catches, 121 yards and a touchdown. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Definitely took the Colts half that game to get rolling. But once they did, clearly, like he was last year, the top target for whoever is playing quarterback for the Colts for good reason. That was another high pick guy in a PPR league who showed off why he was a high pick guy in PPR leagues. Yeah. In a category or position dominated by current players, which wide receiver was this week? Justin yep. Jefferson was one, Cooper Cup two, Chase three, and then Michael Pittman checked in at number four, topping Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas. Guys who had big weeks too. Yeah. Like AJ Brown had a huge week and Michael Thomas had an efficient week. He only had five catches but two of them were touchdowns. So that is exactly right. There weren't as many legendary players picked for wide receiver this week. And there were even two zeros out there for two guys who normally would be probably at the top of this list week to week. He's a good one. And I look at Jamar Chase, not just because I kept him in our auction league and, and love him dearly, but he's another guy who was high up there. The Bengals struggled in a lot of ways, but Jamar Chase still got his targets, still got 10 catches, still scored a touchdown. That's the type of guy that you want. Yeah, there's an interesting stat that I'm starting to develop and look at our projection plus or minus how much over or under a guy did to his projection. Saquon Barkley is a guy that today, I mean, he had a projection of 50. Yeah, right. He wound up posting a 31.4. So he's got a plus or minus of 16 over his projection. Pretty, pretty significant there. Larry Johnson was 21.7 over his projection. So these guys that you're looking for are guys that, you know, when they could exceed it and bump through that. So Michael Pittman was certainly one of those guys who was 12 points over his projection. Great value there. That's what you're looking for out of this. Not like Steve Largent, who was 24 points over his projection, which is just absurd, but pretty darn good. Another guy that is really interesting here, and this this we're going to talk about a little bit of the trends because there's not a lot of trends starting, but there is one we'll talk about, and that's the tight end side. The top performer out of the tight end side against his projection was Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom had 25.9 points against an 8.84 projection. There's a legend coming out of nowhere to produce. Yeah, Ozzie Newsom was the Ravens general manager and created a lot of good teams and was apparently super good at scouting players, but he is one of the all-time great tight ends, and I think he's going to be a fair fairly popular pick going throughout the season. He had seven catches, 69 yards Ooh, yeah. and two touchdowns. So that'll get you a good week. And we were talking about this beforehand. When we were running some of these numbers, but the modern tight ends, the active tight ends, today's players, aside from Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews had a down game in a game where the Ravens scored plenty of points. Dallas Goddard, Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, all these teams scored a lot of points, but they weren't really heavily involved. That'll be something to watch. The modern tight end is, you know, way more involved in most offenses these days, which is why they end up being high picks. But Kyle Pitts had a terrible day. He's supposed to be pretty high up on a lot of draft boards. So that'll be interesting to follow to see maybe this is a position where it's worth gambling on the legendary players till we kind of figure out what's happening amongst the active tight ends. Yeah, as good as Ozzy Newsom was, he was not our legendary performance of the week. 
we have our Legend of Performance of the Week. Drum roll, please. And it's none other than Peyton Manning. I've heard, I've heard of him. I'm, a, I'm more of a fan of his younger brother, but generally I've also heard of Peyton Manning. Yeah, I'm more of an Archie fan, to be honest, if we're talking about the best Mannings that are out there. I mean, if you really want to gamble on a legendary quarterback, fire up the <laughs> Archie Manning mystery machine because he played for some really bad teams. Uh, you might get you might get a winner. But if you're going for the Mannings, Peyton is probably your best bet, considering I feel like I watched every single one of Eli Manning starts through his whole career. And there are some stinkers in there. There are some stinkers. Peyton checks in as our legendary performance. He had 472 yards, five passing touchdowns, one interception. No rushing touchdowns this week, so that's a disappointment. But 46.8 fantasy points. And that game was on Halloween 2004. We had uh, two, two games this week for Legends were from Halloween 2004. Oh, yeah. And I one forgot was about a, the other one. One was a trick and one was a treat. The Peyton Manning one was in a loss to Kansas City. But he had 472 yards passing, five touchdowns, as Ben said, and an interception. That was one of those where Peyton Manning had that stretch. I mean, he threw for 49 touchdowns in 2004. Any game you pull from 2004 is probably going to be pretty good. Four weeks later, he had a game with six touchdowns. So not even the best performance that season for him. But Peyton Manning, just one of those classic Peyton Manning games. A lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. That's just what he did. Yeah, Peyton being Peyton, he is the GOAT. 49 touchdowns that year, and it wasn't even his best year. You could still get games from his Broncos seasons in 2013 when he had 55 touchdowns. You're talking about a guy who's got a lot of games in there, but he does have some stinkers. You really don't want to get any games from his 2015 season when he won a Super Bowl, but did not win any fantasy games for anybody. But back to the Halloween trick-or-treat. That's a great treat. Really great treat if you got it. The trick, though, was Randy Moss. How many points did Randy Moss have for us, Mish? Randy Moss had zero points from his yeah. game on Halloween 2004 against the Giants. And it looks like Randy got hurt or missed the previous week. Seems like he tried to come back for that game against the Giants. He got one target in that game and then clearly left the game. And then he missed the next three weeks. So while we do claim that you are you you never run the risk with legendary players that you're going to get a week where they didn't play because they are hurt because those aren't game logs and aren't in the players that aren't in our database you could conceivably get a game where they are trying to play hurt hurt or get hurt during the game and that's kind of what we have here with randy moss obviously i wouldn't tell you not to pick randy moss because of this it's just super bad luck ben picked randy moss this week i did super bad luck See, we all make mistakes, Ben. I still um, finished fourth, though. And actually, it's a trend sure. for me in fantasy this week because I finished fourth there with zero. And I had Cam Akers in my real-life fantasy leagues. And we're just not going to talk about Cam Akers for the rest of today. Because, he also scored zero. Yeah, that's a thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, Cam Akers. It's, uh, thanks, McVay. Check ass. I went heavy on Daryl Henderson in a lot of my leagues, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, well, there you go. So there's your legendary performance, Peyton Manning there, and an unlegendary performance with Randy Moss. Yeah. Both so, well, from Halloween 2004. Halloween 2004 what are the weird, weird coincidence. I will say we, we started this last week where uh, any of these top performances show up on the best fantasy performances all time. And while Peyton Manning's is very good, it does not show up on our list. So we don't have any of those to check off. But I'm quite positive we will come across some of those during the season. There are some players on this list that I imagine people will pick. For example, Wes Welker was picked this week. Andre Johnson is probably going to be a popular pick at some point. Brandon Marshall had some really good years and some really bad years. Doug Martin had some really big years oh, for Tampa Bay. Hamster. 
That's right. I am pretty confident that we are going to see some guys from this list pop up again during this season. We got one down from last week, from the preseason week with uh, Clinton Portis. So that's right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we get another one going forward. That was your legendary performance. And we move on to our generational battle between the olds and the youngs. Past legends and current greats. Who doesn't love a big generational battle? That's why we created this game. We talked about it last week because it's fun. Because it's fun fun to compare all those things. And now you have a live way of doing that every week. That's why you play Encore Fantasy Football. Exactly. It's a lot of fun for that reason. So we have a pretty resounding winner this week. While Peyton Manning, Steve Largent, and Larry Johnson were three of the top five players, the Youngs ran away with this one. Of the top five teams in the pool, the top three were primarily made up of current players. A lot of the current wide receivers kicked in. A lot of help there. Jefferson, Cooper Cup. That certainly helped out. And I think of the top 15 players all before our current players and the rest are legends. So pretty resounding win for our youngs this week. Yeah, this week we had four all-time great running backs chosen. Gail Sayers, Sean Alexander, Marshawn Lynch, and DeMarco Murray. They all basically performed just as they were projected to perform. So average performance. But those four guys could easily put up 35 point games and let's be honest there there was there were some current running backs that definitely outperformed by quite a bit uh, saquon barkley i know i know you're a fan obviously he's had his greatness at times but to come in and do what he i did, wasn't expect i wasn't expecting this. yeah 164 rushing yards and a touchdown in his first game this year it was a little over the top clyde edwards hilaire there's a lot of people that think he's primed for a bounce back after a pretty bad season last year he did have 42 rushing yards but he got two touchdowns catching the ball which is not necessarily something you'd Assembly seat for oh, overall. Oh, don't back. don't tell me that. I'm leaning in on CEH <laughs> on several in several of my teams. AJ Dillon's another one that pops into the top ten. There, he had yeah, that, that's points. right. Which which is a which is a curious one because the Packers looked terrible yesterday, and Aaron Jones is their main guy normally or was last year, and then all of a sudden AJ Dillon has a big day. I don't think that's something that'll continue. Could take a gamble on that, but is a gamble on AJ Dillon? A better gamble than a gamble on Sean Alexander? I'd say probably not. When you were reading off the names, Gail Sarrells, Alexander, Lynch. Well, these guys are just happen to be four in a row on our list of top scores this week down towards the bottom. And it's Gail Sayers, Sean Alexander, Marshawn Lynch, and DeMarco Murray. Why don't you expand that a little bit? Because if you go yeah, two above them, you got two Bo, above Jackson, them, you have Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson Christian McCaffrey, Gail Sayers, Sean Alexander, Marshawn Lynch, DeMarco Murray, Walter Payton, Dalvin Cook, Tony Dorsett, Icky Woods, Icky Woods Barry, Barry Sanders, Sanders, all yeah. in a row. All and, and in a group of like 10. Time. Yeah, exactly. Is, so this is a perfect way to think about this game. You have A.J. Dillon, big week. You can make a gamble. Gamble that AJ Dillon is going to be a bigger part of the Packers offense going forward than Aaron Jones. I personally would not make that gamble, but I would make a gamble that Gail freaking Sayers <laughs> is going to have a great week at one of these points is better than AJ Dillon or Tony Dorsett or Walter Payton. Sweetness, baby. Barry Sanders and DeMarco Murray is one of those burned super bright for a short period of time, guys. He had some huge games in his NFL career. So this is why we play the game because it's fun. Like, which gamble are you taking? Are you taking? AJ Dillon, and this is not to trash AJ Dillon. I like it. He seems like a lovely guy. But are you taking AJ Dillon to be your fantasy running back because he had a good week one? Or maybe you take a gamble on Walter Payton or Bo Jackson or Sean Alexander, who had the touchdown record in a season for a while. These are good questions. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a good question. So it's it's a very interesting psychology there. While the Youngs did win this week, you're going to see a pretty even split of the wins going either way, particularly when you get into quarterbacks, particularly when you get into running backs, wide receivers, which is also a good segue to our next segment. The trends that we're seeing now. Trending. Trending. It is week one. So we don't really have a lot to go out, but we kind of have some preseason data, but, but not really. But we can make, we can draw some rash conclusions based on nothing but one day's worth of evidence. But that's what America's about. I love jerking my knee. So we're going to have the knee jerk. That's a, that's a thing we're going to do here. <laughs> that's not how I would phrase it. <laughs> well, you know, it's a thing. We're just going to jerk the knee. It is now. First trend I'm seeing, if I'm going to jump out, put my flag on top of Hot Take Mountain, I'm going to say that tight ends are going to tend to favor historical players as we move forward. Now, there wasn't a lot of good tight end scores out there this week in this pool. There were some if you thought to start OJ Howard for the Houston Texans, which nobody in our pool did and nobody probably in all of fantasy did who had two touchdowns. Wait, he did. Our- I didn't I didn't even see that. I'm going to pick him up on the waiver. <laughs> all in on Davis Mills, baby. Let's go. <laughs> but if you did take a look at the standings, you'd see Travis Kelsey was was drafted in in our pools and he came in with 26.1, which beat his projection by a solid 9 points. Fantastic uh, showing for Travis Kelsey. It's what you'd expect from Travis Kelsey, right? He's basically a wide receiver. Yeah, he's basically a wide receiver. Some people expected a downturn this year, but until it actually happens, you just got to keep betting that it's not going to happen. Tony Gonzalez comes in at 19.8 points against a 12.96 projection. Vernon Davis at 9.2 points against an 8.8 projection. Now, Davis didn't score as much as Andrews did, but Andrews only scored 10 points off of a 16.5 projection. So Andrews was kind of a loss in that category. So your top three of your of your four top tight ends were that historical side. And if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, Tony G, Newsom, Vernon Davis were come from times where tight ends were still used a lot. Not just that, but they were such outlandish freaks for their era because tight ends had previously been large oafs used mostly for blocking. Vernon Davis was one of the first like this guy is as fast as a wide receiver and he's bigger and stronger than a wide receiver. So who is going to cover Vernon Davis? And the same with Tony Gonzalez, who was a tall freak and Antonio Gates was a freak in the fact that he never played football (laughs) until he was basically drafted because he was also a tall freak. These guys came up in the age where tight ends are really starting to find themselves as part of offenses that were throwing more. And so you have Tony Gonzalez, all-time leader for tight ends. He's probably a safe pick for you every week. If you want to ride the Tony Gonzalez train, you're going to get a lot of good games out of him. And to that point on the athleticism for a guy like Vernon Davis, I mean, in this game, he had 9.2 points at 11 rushing yards. They were using him on end arounds, using him in a lot of different things. And it was completely new and unique type of player for that. Yeah. Well, now you have like Kyle Pitts is a great athlete, but athletes are everywhere now. Like linebackers are as fast as all these guys. The game is so fast and so different now that some of these inherent advantages that you had, like, yeah, if you ran Kyle Pitts up against linebackers like 10 years ago, he would probably dominate like every single game. But it's just a little different now, which makes what Travis Kelsey is doing all that more impressive, to be honest. Yeah, and a lot of teams are getting interested in using tight ends that you wouldn't expect in misdirection plays. The NFL finds a lot of different ways to use a lot of different guys. Uh, it's more about the scheming and the, and the misdirection. There's still some good tight ends. But the guys who broke the mold in the old days had a lot of big games. Doesn't mean they can't bite you in the butt. Uh, Antonio Gates was picked. He only had 3.9 points. He's one of those guys. Uh, Jimmy Graham had zero points. He's one of those guys. So they certainly... Zero points. Yeah. Zero points for Jimmy Graham. That must have been that must have been game from later in his career when he didn't do anything. 
Yeah, he does. Because if you get Saints, Jimmy Graham, you're going to clean up yeah, off that 11.3 projection. But if you get Seahawks, Jimmy Graham, or Bears, Jimmy Graham, ooh, no. I want that. Yeah. yeah. So that's one trend I'll throw my hat in the ring on is that historical tight ends are going to play. What other trends? Anything you want to throw out there? This trend may seem obvious considering what we see when we all watch the NFL. But in today's game, there's so much more throwing. You obviously had, okay, Steve Largent was an all-time great receiver. And he had one of the highest scoring weeks, second highest scoring of a legendary player after Peyton Manning this week. But I think you're probably looking at a safer bet for more modern wide receivers, active wide receivers today, like Cooper Cup, who caught 13 balls. That's just what Cooper Cup does every week. And so I think maybe, as Ben was saying, okay, maybe lean into legendary tight ends. Okay, maybe if you're going wide receivers, maybe look for the more modern ones, the guys that you know that you drafted in your pools this week. Those guys are probably people that you can lean into just considering how the game is played now versus how it once was. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a pretty good observation. I mean, even when you look at it, the the next two legends, one of them's still active, right? Antonio Brown, right? He's just waiting to get signed, isn't he? I mean, that's, that's yeah, <laughs> but it is the NFL. I don't know if anyone's actually going to sign him because I don't think they want it. I mean, he did quit in the middle of a game last year and like threw his jersey into the crowd, and it was a whole production. And NFL teams are not too keen on off-field distractions. That's not really their jam. True that. Jerry Rice checks in there, but twelve of the top fifteen wide receivers are all current. But the flip side of that is there is an inherent risk. The guys hit harder, and we've seen how many receivers get hurt in the game and then are out for the rest of that game. We see it happen all the time. The hamstring issues. Chris Godwin. Please stand up. You've got all these guys that do it. So while the potential reward is there for a bigger reward with today's receivers, the risk is probably higher than with the kind of higher floor you can get with some of these historical You're right. I mean, it's the same idea as it used to be with running backs, right? That those guys would carry the ball so much, they just get hit so many times that eventually those things add up. Well, now you're doing basically the same thing to receivers. You're giving them the ball more often in high risk areas of the field and we know the nfl has cut down on targeting and hitting defenseless receivers and i'm all for that but they're still getting the ball more often and getting hit more often and wide receivers are generally not built like running backs are so the more hits they take the more likely you might run into some trouble with that so that's why i'm generally not a dfs player but i like our dfs game i think it's more fun to factor in the historical thing and all that that's why we're going to do this every week so we can talk about these trends and see what's going on and and help you out for whenever you pick your teams that's right. That's the idea there. We're going to see what we can do and see and see how that plays ahead for you. Those are the trends we're seeing. There's going to be more that pop up as we progress along. We've had our two hot takes for this one. We'll call them like lukewarm takes because they're pretty solid. I think they're going to hold up over the test of time, but we'll see. Baby, baby bathwater takes. Baby bathwater. Yeah, baby bathwater takes. That's what those okay. are. Great. So there you go on the trends. That's what we're seeing. Our pool for next week is open. It's week open. It's open. All these stats that were pulled this week, guess what? We got all new games. Well, I mean, technically, yeah. you could still get Randy Moss's October 31st, 2004 game, but highly unlikely. So lean in on Randy Moss, but all the pool is open. Players are available. They're They're listed. Have at it. Mix and match. Yeah, we're going to start calling you Captain Caveat for how many times you go into the uh, potential to getting new games or the Captain Caveat Caveat over here. We encourage you to get in and play, invite more friends. The, The prize gets a little bit 
juicier the more people who play so just keep that in mind you can find out all about it www.encorefan.com go in there and take a shot at it on that note with week two's pool being open we take a look at some of the guys we like coming up it's hard to necessarily come in and project oh this is the historical player you want to have right like this is the guy who, yeah. uh, who you don't want to get in there. But what I'm, I, what I want to look at is, all right, look at the guys who were picked. Who are some of the guys that weren't picked this week that might be fun to take a shot at? And another polarizing player, I like a guy who was fun for fantasy purposes. Contrarian, contrarian butthole expert Ben Stecker. Wow, that was that was harsh, but probably accurate. I'll go and say that one guy you might want to take a look at who was a lot of fun for fantasy purposes, Michael Vick. That's He's a good. A- that's such a good shout. That's such a good shout. He had a lot of big games where he could do a lot of things, but his projection isn't that high when compared to other historical quarterbacks that are out there or current quarterbacks that are out there. So you can get him at essentially a discount. So Michael Vick's a guy that I really like. I mean, letting passing quarterback. He's kind of like poor man's Josh Allen these days. Poor man's Josh Allen. That's what Michael Vick wants to be known as. Poor man's Josh Allen, rich man's Lamar Jackson. That's right. It's true. That like we were talking about, you want that potential delta between the way the game is played with your budget of players and who you can pick each week. You want that guy who is not costing you a lot in terms of projected points, but you can get something big from it. And Michael Vick is a perfect example of that. I mean, the guy hucked the ball all over the field um, and, you know, obviously was was great with his legs. Everyone who played Madden 2004 knows how fun it was to play with Michael Vick because you just started running and it was hilarious. Yep. So that is that is a strong pick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the one guy I'm looking at. And he also fits into there's a couple other guys that are in that same kind of mold, a little bit more costly, but still pretty good deals. Dante Culpepper is one of um, Steve McNair is another one. Those guys that use their legs. Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham had some big games. He had that big season with Minnesota. Yeah, you can pile up those points. So those are some of the values I'm kind of looking at looking ahead at quarterback guys that didn't get picked yet that I'd be curious to see how they how they stacked up here. Anybody that you're looking at there? me so say if we were going to talk about running back next week yes two and i know we talked about one last week but antonio gibson again had a mm, big week yeah it makes me regretful that i did not keep him in our league again to some degree but he had a good week for a team that looked fairly functional the commanders in their win they scored a fair amount of points carson went looks pretty good so antonio gibson is another guy another guy that i look at that's kind of the same idea of like the delta thing that was not picked this past week is someone like eddie lacy who has pretty low projected points only 12 points he's on the sixth page of the running back list but he's a guy who had a lot of strong games for the packers that was a team that obviously with aaron Rodgers threw a lot of touchdowns but anytime they got close to the goal line they were leaning in on eddie lacy so uh, Eddie Lacy is a guy that I like as a potential running back. Another one that I was thinking of is Jamal Anderson, who for the Falcons, famously the Dirty Bird, he's pretty low projected points, which obviously means some of his bad games were pretty bad. But again, you're looking for Delta. And I think Jamal Anderson is another possible idea of like a legendary guy that didn't play for too long. So you're not looking at an Emmett Smith like situation. Emmett Smith, obviously an all time great running back, but he played for way too long. He had plenty of years that you're going to get that you're going to get a dynamic game from the early 90s to mid 90s Cowboys. But a guy like Jamal Anderson might be a better pick to get that Delta. 
Yeah, guy that also fits that mold, Adrian Peterson. He had those last couple of years with Washington, Detroit. It wasn't the greatest in the world, 2017, 2021. But even when he was at Washington, I mean, he still had 2,000 yards over two seasons and 12 touchdowns. So those games weren't too bad. And what he did early on was so great. So that's a guy I think fits into there that you could look at. Those are good, good picks. Antonio Gibson, yeah, that was a great call on my part last week for sure. Definitely didn't make any bad predictions last week. I didn't. Tell didn't you to I make that prediction last week? Mm. I I didn't pick him for my team, obviously, and I don't know if it would have really made that big a difference. So I think that's a good one for wide receivers. Oh, maybe. I've got one for this. Okay, serve it up. Serve it up. Yeah, a guy that I'm surprised he's not in everybody's lineup every week. Lance Allworth. No. Lance Allworth. We're going in the way back machine here, going all the way back to the 60s. Lance, Lance Allworth, Allworth man. was Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson combined before it was cool to be Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. This guy was playing and putting up numbers that you just, I mean, in 14 game seasons, he's dumping over a thousand yards a season. The old yeah. flanker, baby. Flanker. That's right. That was his position. He was a flanker. 10,000 yards. 85 touchdowns over a nine or 11 year career. Are you kidding me? Like the, that is the, a good shout. <laughs> the, it, it is. It's call. absurd what he did back then in his best year. I mean, he played only 14 games. He had 69 catches for 1,602 yards and 14 touchdowns. Think about that. 14 games, 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns. That's absurd. He had 87 career touchdowns. He also ran the ball every, a little bit every once in a while, too. Every once in a while. Yeah. Incredible. He's one of those guys who, when we did the original draft back in spring of 2020, someone picked him and I was like, who the heck is this? Like, <laughs> I'm a huge baseball. I'm a huge football fan, but I'm also a huge baseball fan. If you name a baseball player, I can probably a historical one. I can tell you if in they're, they're in the Hall, of, especially if they're in the Hall of Fame. I know who they are. Lance Allworth is in the NFL Hall of Fame. I had no idea who he was. And then you look at his numbers and you're like, wow. I should have known about this guy. Lance Allworth is a fantastic call for a legendary player. Yes, love that. Love it. Yeah, he's one of the all-time greats. I mean, he really is. He's a name that most people wouldn't necessarily know. But for a receiver, if you're looking for somebody who's a value play, he's a second-page guy on our projections. So you got to scroll through one. But at only 15 points a game projected, he's a guy that can come in. And he's got some of the big ones that are out there. I'm guessing that he is not on our bingo board, but he certainly is close when it gets to that. He had the game that we did pull at one point in time, which was a five or a six touchdown game in his career that just was out of this world. So that's a name that's out there. That's a great name. That's one where you wouldn't normally think about it. But if you did a little research, you'd be like, oh, holy, holy crap. What a, what an amazing choice that is. That's a very good call. Another guy from the receivers that hasn't been picked yet. We talked about Brandon Marshall. He's got some games. Uh, that's a fun one to put in there. Fred Bolitnikoff. I mentioned him in passing last week, but uh, one of the great wide receivers of all time, another Hall of Famer, 76 touchdowns. His career was a little longer than Lance's was. But yeah, he's he's another he's another guy, 76 career touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns to choose from. And there were some very, some very prime years for Fred Bolitnikoff for Vikings back in the day. That's a great call too. Fred Bolitnikoff is another one going back in the historical side that is a lot of fun. There's just so many guys. You start to get in here. You start to dig down on what's in there, who played, what they were like. And there's a ton of fun to be had. And that's the whole point of this, right? Call took back. the words out of my mouth. Took the words out of my mouth. That's the whole reason why we do this. We all love football. And the history of football is wild the way the game has changed. But there are players like Lance Allworth would fit into the NFL today. Like you said, he's basically the Cooper Cup before Cooper Cup was even born. So when you're crafting these teams, go poke around football reference. See players who are in our database. We have them. You just have to find out who they are. 
We're obviously going to throw out some names for you, but we're not going to throw out all the names for you because we don't want to bore you. It's not like reading the phone book here. So Lance Allworth, that's a great call. As you figure out this game a little bit and see the places where you can take advantage, that's definitely one of those areas. So have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. On the active side, there's some guys that are going to be pretty interesting out there that you can look at. Curtis Samuels. Chris Samuel, a lot of people are high on him as a sleeper this year, and he came out firing. He had like seven catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. Or Yeah, he scored 20 fantasy points, I think. Curtis Samuel, another guy for the Commanders. I don't even like the Commanders, and here we are recommending Antonio Gibson and Curtis Samuel. But hey, we're just trying to help you win. These are guys who put up points. He's another good shout. They have Scary Terry, obviously, Terry McLaurin, and then they have Jahan Dotson, their rookie wide receiver from Penn State. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they have Curtis Samuel, who put up some solid years in Carolina. He's a good guy in a PPR league. He's going to get seven to 10 targets a game. Yeah, I think that's the key there, right? You look for guys who are going to have the opportunity. And he had a fumble, yet still with the fumble, he had 11 targets. He had four carries. That's 15 touches in a game. He's clearly a part of their offense. He's clearly going to be somebody they work through. You had Jahan Dotson there who had two touchdown catches, which was probably more of an outlier, though Dotson's supposed to be pretty good. Reality is, though, the Washington football team, the commanders, the, you know, whatever you want to call them, whatever they are, They've got some players on that team. And yeah, the question really is do. whether or not Carson Wentz can get them the ball. I mean, he got the ball to most of them in some way in his first go around. So that's an interesting play right there. Granted, it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is as Captain Caveat rolling in with an important caveat. <laughs> but no, no, that is a PSA good, like, from Captain Caveat. Yeah, but I mean, Carson Wentz. Listen, we know the problems with Carson Wentz. He's not that accurate a lot of the time, but... He can be pretty good. I'm not sure if I'd pick him in Encore Fantasy Football, but in terms of his impact on Commanders players, that's something to think about, that they have someone. Alex Smith was not throwing the ball deep down the field. Heineke, he's gone. Terry McLaurin, really good. He survived with Heineke. But with someone like Carson Wentz, you could be looking at that. Those are guys who are going to outperform their projections probably more often than not, if you think about it from the Carson Wentz angle. Yeah. That's about right. Let's have a look at some guys that you might want to keep an eye on, whether it's in our Encore Fantasy football game or in real life with some of these active guys. Though it's way more fun when you can watch, you know, Lance Allworth rack up the points next to Josh Allen. So there we go. That's all we got for you for today, folks. Just a reminder, go to the website, www.encorefan.com. You can invite your friends in. You can play in our Encore Fantasy football game this week. Prizes get a little bit better the more people who play. So invite your friends. Yeah, that's right. Have fun. Get in there. Play the game. We'll see you on the Encore Fantasy football field. And remember to follow us for all the hot info and latest updates on Twitter at Encore Fantasy and on Instagram at Encore Fantasy Games. That's where we'll be. That's where we're tweeting. That's where we're chatting up. We're figuring out what's going to be exciting, what's looking up. So all the things we talked about here, they'll be out there. So check us out on social. And also my emotional reactions to really terrible Broncos games might be tweeted out too, but that's, you know, price of admission. That is correct, which is always entertaining for everybody but Ben Stecker. Yeah, sad face. Thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. And for Michael and myself, this episode is history. See ya. Contrarian butthole expert, Ben Stecker. PSA like- from Captain Caveat.